This week, Pastor Tim and I share some tips to help people pray who are struggling with prayer. We talk about our favorite prayer books, and we also find out why Philadelphia is the greatest city in the world. All this and more on Goodwill Talk. So... Tim, I've been doing some traveling. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I'll have been in uh, Florida a couple times. I'll have been in D.C. I've been in Philadelphia. It's been a uh, been a busy couple of weeks. Um, I'm very curious. Your favorite non-New York city to visit? Oh gosh! Oh come on, man! Be, I didn't think it was gonna be that hard of a it's question. Not, it's answer. not a hard question. I just All don't right. want to give you the answer because you're gonna make fun of me. Oh, is it, it Dallas? No, it's oh, not. Okay. It's Philadelphia. Is it really? Yeah, I love Philadelphia. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes, he comes to the city of brotherly. What? Why Philadelphia? I it's just because I have been there a few times. To, yeah. You know, to go and visit, you know, Lane and hang out and do that stuff that with my brother and that's, okay. you know, and you just. You appreciate the 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 blend of architecture that I oh, think is yeah. just really cool. There's Gorgeous. this ancient, you know, this old old architecture and modern architecture, and it's just, you know, I love New York too. It's yeah. New York is 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 cool, but it's so big. I think maybe they're very different cities. They like, are, yeah, they are. But I think I just Philly's got something about it that I, I do appreciate. I don't know if I did. I'm not a world traveler, so I don't have a lot of options okay. to choose from. But where's Where's the farthest you've ever gone? Uh. Costa Rica. My oh, family, wow. Yeah, my family and I went to Costa Rica. Oh, I've never been down ago. there. Yeah, pre, pre-COVID. pre we Okay. There, so. All right. How was Costa Rica? What was loved that, was it. it. Yeah? Loved it. I mean, we, so it's kind of a weird thing because I loved it, but I also felt a tiny, tiny bit guilty. That's terrible to really? say. Really? Why? Well, you you have to drive through poverty to get oh, to the resort. Yeah, that's the, and it's sort of yeah. like, I feel very bad that somehow I'm sealed off in this glorious and, and, and luxurious world of, and my, you know, my mother-in-law... Yeah, we did the trip for us. Great, a beautiful private beach, mm-hmm. and the beach had mountains that you could see, yeah, which was bro. very unique. I'm like, I've never been to a beach where I looked at mountains. I've never been cool. down there, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're right about the poverty. I mean, it's it's the reality of um, a lot of these uh, countries where where tourism is kind of their main economic engine, mm-hmm. um, which was, I mean that. COVID made that really, really terrible for some of these nations. It's just, sure. there was no travel there. Yeah. It was brutal. But, um, yeah, I, I remember, um, my aunt telling me once that she took a trip to, uh, I think it was Egypt. Um, wow. she, she lives in, uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. So a trip to Egypt still, I mean, an expense, you gotta, you know, it's a, that's a trip a little closer than, mm-hmm. than what we would experience here. But she said that was the hardest part. Like you'd go to these really cool sites, but the the poverty was very very difficult for her to yeah. to work through, and and it does you know create this interesting dichotomy where like we 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 want to enjoy the things that the creation gives us, mm-hmm. the opportunities the Lord presents us with, but we are sometimes confronted with the um, how unfair that can seem, you know? Yeah, and just. Yeah, unfair is one wing, but just it were, that statement reminded me of something. Years ago, I think it was 2015, my family and I did a Disney trip. Now, we're not a big yeah. Disney family, so we know people that are like, they live and die Disney. Oh, sure, like, yeah. It's crazy, right? Not us. 
But we did the Disney trip and we did Magic Kingdom for a day and we did Legoland, which was near there, the big, big Legoland okay. park for a day and visited some friends and stuff. But it was it was funny because I was preaching through Ecclesiastes at the time mm. and I just was, you know, my wife would give me the, the look once in a while because I just, I kept it to myself, but I was thinking the the irony of where I am and what I'm preaching through just was not let me go. The, the unwillingness of, you know, Solomon in his efforts to sort of put the reader's face into the brokenness and injustice yeah. in the world, um, despite the fact that he had every advantage to, to, to turn away from it and could, and yet was unable to do it, couldn't do it, couldn't get out, get away from it. Like Disney fell <laughs> that place to me. Cause yeah. I was like, it's just that modern idea of I'm going to create entertainment and throw lots of money at it. Now that's, Disney was fun. Go take your kids. I'm not trying to be that hard sure, on it. Sure. Like, I'm not saying don't do that, but it, it was just where my mind was, which was not, That's, I was quiet about it, but you know, it's just like, okay, this well, is it's, interesting. It's hard because we, we get exposed to, you know, we get exposed to some difficult things sometimes, even when you're supposed to be just going away and, and having a vacation with family, mm. you can be exposed to the the suffering of this world. And and it's normally really huge suffering, like nothing that you can just fix. Yeah. Right. And, and that actually... Um, that segues into our topic today. So let's go ahead and just, uh, let's get to work. So, um, you know, one of the things that when we're, when we're confronted with suffering, you know, we're, we're talking about vacations a second ago or, um, really any, you know, you're watching the news, you see all these things that are happening. Um, you know, a few weeks back, for example, he had that NFL player who took a hit on the field. Um, it, it put him uh, almost immediately right into cardiac arrest. They had to revive him. Yeah. You know, he's effectively dead on the field for like nine minutes. Um, it was a, a horrifying yeah. thing to see. Absolutely. Um, there's a powerlessness that is revealed in, in, I think, the human psyche when something like that happens. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I was most heartened by in the in the few days after when we weren't sure we honestly weren't sure if Demar Hamlin was going to survive mm -hmm. um the outpouring of prayer yep. was profound i mean i have not seen um an analyst on espn like just middle of the day espn one of their hallmark like flagship shows says you know i don't want to just talk about how we need to pray i'm going to, i want to just do it and he just stops everything and prays for the man on air mm -hmm. in front of everyone um, the day after he woke up, um, you know, we, you have a, uh, an, another analyst on ESPN who just says, that's just proof of the power of God. Mm. God healed him. He used physicians to do it, but that was God at work mm -hmm. bringing him back. And like, this was a, um, almost like it, it, it smacked of one of those moments that jars humanity back to their spiritual, um, their spiritual need. Sure. Yeah. And it was proven through prayer. Um, prayer is sometimes the only response we have in the face of really big problems or things that are completely outside of our control, but that we are, we are heartbroken by. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can, I think be difficult for folks who feel like they're not good at prayer or that prayer is just something they're not sure what to do with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of Christians are in that space where it's like, yeah, no doubt. I don't feel like I'm good at prayer. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Um, you know, I think a lot of uh, us as pastors, I'll just say as as a pastor, this is one of my flaws. 
I assume when I say, hey, we need to pray about that, I assume people know how to pray. But I, I that's a wrong assumption. I think a lot of people don't know how to pray, mm-hmm. don't feel good at it, don't feel adequate, feel like even feel guilty for not praying more. Um, so I want to talk a little bit today about how we can help people who struggle with prayer actually um, engage prayer and grow as as prayers, because that's part of what it is to be a Christian is to pray. That, yeah. that goes together. So a big part. It's a, it's a massive part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tim, uh, we'll, we'll just I'll start with this question. Um, you know, in, in your own walk with the Lord, I'm not even thinking of, of you as a pastor, but just as a follower of Jesus, um, has prayer been something that's been easy for you, difficult? Like, what's your relationship with prayer? It's totally easy. I never have any problems. Never at all. have any problems just, at all. It just flows out of me. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. Well, you were the wrong person to ask. Get Jess back in here. All right. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, no, I just, I mean, I, I want to say it's just something also. When I watched that game and I watched that happen, the other thing that struck me as interesting was two things. The 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 unity between the teams and the other part of it was they the power of prayer that came also, but also the confrontation with human fragility oh yeah right they just they're they come they come face to face and very unwillingly to we're just fragile creatures um and you just never know um and that was emotional and you're and you're you're watching these hardened football players being emotional and you think this is this is you know a beautiful human moment really in, in all of its sadness it was kind of a powerful revealer of that and that too speaks to prayer because it's you have to recognize your futility when you come to the one who who is 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 the opposite of that you know yeah. coming to coming to prayer is coming to the one who who can who can and does make a difference the only one who can and you come as one who can't um, it's yeah that's, it's that's, an, that's, that's part of that dynamic it's kind right? of an, an acknowledgement and an embrace of your own humility it, yeah. it, you have to embrace humility to yeah. pray and you go to the source of power right right you go to the source of power and and you know in time of need right the one who gives grace in time of need as the writer of hebrews right. tells us but i mean all one has to do is live in the christian world for five minutes to recognize prayer is this central thing that we're called to do that jesus calls us to do um that no one is good at, yeah. right? <laughs> right. I mean, the 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 disciples of Jesus asked the question, "Teach us to pray." Yeah. Right. There, we go all the way back to the Bible to go. Yeah, they don't. No one. No one's good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have like the prayer of Daniel. You know, you have prayers in the Old Testament that are beautiful, but I'm sure Daniel didn't come to that easy. No. I mean, you know, he was charged because he spent every day ritually praying. So he, you know, he had a developed prayer life, um, and Paul too. I, I always think mm-hmm. of that too. It, like I was just saying this not not long ago, when you read scripture and you read someone like Paul, I, I just think I read Paul and I read Paul's prayers and I think I don't pray well. Mm-hmm. My prayer life is anemic by comparison. Paul prays that we would grow in the knowledge of the Lord and these beautiful prayers, and I'm like, Lord, I need this. <laughs> right? right and you're like, yeah. oh, oh, that's so, so sad. Yeah. But I mean, all I need to do is go on, to, uh, go to a Christian bookstore online and see, you can't count the number of books written on prayer. Yeah. And they all start pretty much the same, not that I've read all of them, but I mean, I've read a lot of them. They all start the same. It's a testimony of some manner about why is there another book on prayer? Because I too struggle with prayer. Like mm-hmm. just these people that you see as heroes and you go, they struggle with prayer too. Yeah. So it's, it's, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with prayer, you are 
in good company. Yes. And it's, you know, it's one of those, I remember hearing stories um, in seminary. There were two, uh, two kind of men from history that were lifted up. Um, one was Martin Luther, mm-hmm. who had these um, almost like fantastical um, experiences, ecstatic experiences in prayer, where he really like experienced in his own words, battles with Satan himself. And like, it was these... Here, that was lifted up as like, hey, here, this is beautiful prayer. The other guy that was lifted up is Jonathan Edwards, um, who was like awake at like 3 a.m. and prayed for five hours before he started his day. And it was like, yeah, you know, isn't that an inspirational? I said, it's not absolutely, it's absolutely not inspirational. <laughs> That's not inspirational to me at all. That That just reaffirms how much of a failure I am at this. That this guy got up at 3 a.m. to prayer to, to pray. And like, if I'm getting up at 3 a.m., prayer is not what I'm doing. Like, it's just, I, I, it was so deflating to me mm-hmm. to hear the stories of all these people who are these powerful prayers. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I really struggle with this. I really struggle with this. It, that story reminds me of, that that's a, that's a, there are any number of heroes down through the ages, if we'll call them heroes, right? They're just, you know, people in the church who have been elevated for uh, stories just like that. But I remember hearing a story, I read it somewhere about a missionary. So a little bit more modern, I can't remember the the, the name of him. It was a book on prayer. And he talked about how he would, you know, he wanted to be faithful to his mission work and wanted the Lord to lead. And so he would get up every morning really early. I don't know whether it was three, but it was long before the sun came out and get on his knees and pray. And he he was very honest about, I would be praying for two minutes and I, and five minutes would go by and I realized I haven't been praying for five minutes. I'm distracted. I'm paying attention. You know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm thinking about something else. Okay. Let me try this again. And like, and I'm like, Oh, that I can relate to that. That sounds like me when I try and do something That's like right. that. That is where I go. And that sounds more human to me. And I go, those stories are actually more helpful for me. Um, in the, uh, the, the heart of that book really was about, uh, his, story of recognizing that he didn't have it in him to pray well and so his tool was to just use scripture and to pray scripture to keep him on track rather than praying which i think is you know at the end of the day the single greatest tool to to prayer is to pray scripture yes i I just you know when you pray on your own i know for me i have certain go-tos and um, uh, donald whitney says this in his little book on prayer uh, he, he says, you know, your tendency is to pray the same old things about the same old things, which is a catchy little phrase, but it's spot on because that's what you do. You fall into a rut. You pray the same old prayers. And I, I say this a lot, too. So if you are if you've heard me talk about prayer before, you've heard me say this. But somewhere on my bookshelf, I have a book that is something titled like the 280 names of God. Um, and I have five on a good mm, day that I yeah. go to. Right. So I, yeah. I am I am not using scripture. Uh, to glorify God in prayer, because I have five, and you know, yep. three of them are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like you know, so you don't tend to think about all of the beautiful names of God, the Ancient of Days, the Son of Man, you know, the Rock, right? You know, like you don't tend to like those don't normally come up in my vocabulary right. for prayer, but it also speaks to the anemic level of prayer that yeah. I have. Like, like I'm missing ninety percent mm-hmm. of scriptures declarations about God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Spirit. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, I think that that leads us into some of these practical um, tips that we want to give to people, right? And, um, you know, the first the first tip is understand, have a correct understanding of what prayer is. Mm-hmm. You know, prayer is, um, 
merely or simply uh, th- those words is profound, but it, it's not complicated. Prayer is a communication with God. Yeah. Yeah. Period. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It is. And its function is to deepen relationship between you and God. It's not to get stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not to get answers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of how we go to prayer. We go to, because we have questions right. or because we have needs. And, right. And while we are encouraged to bring our needs to the Lord, that's not the primary function of prayer. No. It, the primary function is just to, you you are engaging in your relationship with the Lord. It's mm-hmm. that simple. It's, it's just really quickly, I think, um, again, using scripture, it reminds me of the, that propensity to look for an answer or to often hear uh, the common phrase, well, you know, God did answer your prayer. His answer was no. Maybe God doesn't answer your prayer Uh, in the moment, but has already answered it in his word. When I read the Psalms, for example, uh, there are any number of Psalms, and you know this, you've studied this, there's a a pattern in the Psalms. And uh, one of the probably most oft-repeated patterns in the Psalms is the cry of the psalmist, feeling abandoned by God, feeling distant from God. Um, And then what does he do? He looks back at the history of God, not just in his personal life, in fact, rarely in his personal life, but in the life of the people of God historically, and elevate and, and recognizes what you've done. Um, you know, in the Exodus, you know, that's a lot in the Old Testament. You're, so you're in the Psalms, so you're reading there. Oftentimes it's turning to God's delivering of his people. And that's enough to turn the psalmist's heart around and to say, I'm going to remember what you've done and I'm going to praise you for that. And so that the the, whole, the pattern shifts, right? And then by the end of the psalm, the psalmist is praising God. The circumstances yeah. of the psalmist haven't changed one bit, yeah, right? But he's looking back and seeing the faithfulness of God to deliver his people. And so that's, it's not what God did or didn't answer or, you know, in the moment, it's this is the faithful God who always has been, yeah. and this is what he does. And the word kind of grounds you in that, right? Yeah. So you're not... You're not looking forward. You're not waiting for. That's not a. What have you done for me lately? It's what right. have you done for my people, who yes. of whom you have privileged me to be a part of. Yeah. So. All right. So so let's that's that's maybe tip two. So tip one is um, understand that prayer is about your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's that's all. Which means you can be honest about it. Mm-hmm. You just come into His presence. You don't have to get it right. Mm-hmm. You just it's about your relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. Second tip: pray the Psalms. I yeah. think that's huge. If you struggle with prayer, yeah. pray the Psalms. Go through them. Mm-hmm. Allow the, the the Psalter is this gift that's given to us where we can allow those words to be our words Amen. in mm-hmm. prayer to God. Yeah. We can use them. And a lot of them are written in the first person, mm-hmm. which makes it even easier to be able to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be feeling exactly what the psalmist is feeling in that moment. No. But it, what it does, at least is what I've found, it helps me because I'm reading somebody else's words as a prayer. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get to prayer books in a moment. But just in the Psalms, if you're reading through that in the first person, what it does for me is it kind of launches me into my own prayer. Yeah. It almost acts like a prompt, like a writing prompt for in a, in a book. Mm-hmm. It's a prayer prompt. Yeah. It, it, it helps you to be able to form your own prayers because you, you got kind of the juices are flowing in prayer and yeah. you're you're in that relationship building with the Lord. You have something that's there for you. So I think I, I agree with you. Um, if you struggle with prayer, praying the Psalms can be a huge, uh, a huge help. Yeah. I think um, I haven't done this exhaustively by any means. So I don't, I'm not saying it as if I've done it, but you said the word prayer prompt. And I've thought about that phrase for a bit because also with scripture, there is, 
and I haven't, again, I haven't fleshed it out, but it seems like it would be a, a very interesting approach to think about where every time we see a prayer offered in Scripture, what leads up to it and what prompts the prayer to prayer to sort of help shape mm, okay. um, how, do, how do I go to prayer? What motivates me to pray and what doesn't motivate me to pray and what motivates the, the, the men and women in Scripture to pray? Because uh, there's all kinds of prayers in Scripture, not just in the Psalms, but like his, you know, a historical narrative has places where you know Moses prays. Yeah. Or what's what's happening beforehand to bring him to the place of prayer? And oftentimes, I think the, I, I, my suspicion is well, I, I know from reading Scripture, but not from practicing this. But I think we're going to say that's relatable. Yeah, Moses and his frustration with the people, like like mm-hmm. like oh, I I can go to prayer in fr- fr- frustration because God's sovereign, and that's too is. God, you're not keeping anything from God right. from from a you know a surfacey kind of prayer. He already knows. Yep. So, but I also think I I want to go back and make one other point. You talked about definitions, and I think the definition of prayer, having a definition of prayer, is really important. Um, that also reminds me of another book where Richard Pratt wrote. I think it's called Praying with Your Eyes Open. Years ago, he wrote it. Decades ago, he wrote it. But he had a very simple definition. Um, prayer is commu- is the believer's communication with God, right? And one of the things that I liked about his approach to that definition was, if you it, it, he has three components: the believer, prayer itself, and God. Or p- believer communication and God. And he said, if you take any one of these three things away, you don't have prayer. That's that makes them essential to the definition. So yeah. it sort of makes you go, well, what what's non-essential in my prayer life? And one of the things that came to me when I read that years ago was, well, it doesn't require me to be in my chair or have my cup of coffee, mm-hmm. where it's just like, that's nice, but I can do it without it, right? And of course, you know that, but it's what you sort of go to. Like, I have these certain things that sort of create the environment, and they're good. I'm not saying they're wrong, but the these are the essentials of prayer, yeah. right? You take yeah. one of these away, you don't have prayer. And a simplified definition, I think, is really helpful. So. That's good. Yeah. My communication with God. Yeah. It's a great definition. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I I have experienced this myself. And so uh, another tip for folks. Um, when your mind wanders during prayer, that's okay. Just start again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just don't beat yourself up. Don't be like, look how bad I am at this. No. When your mind wanders during prayer, it's okay. Start again. Mm-hmm. And this was really brought home to me by um, an author named Rich Velotis. He's down in the city. Uh, wrote a book called The Deeply Formed Life. And uh, in this book, he, he was talking about prayer um, as one of the spiritual practices that, that really does um, form us as Christians. Mm-hmm. And he says that um, every time you, your mind wanders to prayer, it's an opportunity to choose to go back into that place. Mm. Yeah. And that was really cool because I think we... Um, we do beat ourselves up when our minds wander in prayer. Mm-hmm. Like we should be better at this. Why am I, you know, I, I was praying and I've been thinking about work for the last five minutes and I can't believe I was doing that. I'm supposed to be in prayer right now. And like, we can, we can beat ourselves up. Sure. And Velotis is like, no, actually celebrate that you realize you have an opportunity to go back in. Right. You have, you have access to the throne of grace. And just because your mind wanders doesn't mean you beat yourself up. You're like, oh wait, I have the privilege of going back in. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's okay that you're like, your mind's going to wander sometimes. Yeah, it's not an if, it's a when. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to happen. Right. Um, don't beat yourself up. Just go right back into into prayer. It's I an also opportunity. Think, I think some of that is, and this is, I don't know that there's a solution to it, but just recognize we live in a culture that is built around the hope that you have a very short attention span. I mean, everything yes. we do 
demands short attention span. I mean, it's, it's two minute videos. It's, it's, you know, you don't, most people don't read big books Some people do, but a lot of times there's, a, I mean, we know this in the church, there's a whole sure. subculture of, of publications that are 30 pages or so mm-hmm. because we're recognizing that's, that's what's going to get at uh, a number of people that are not going to make the time yeah. uh, to do that. They're used to, I'm on my phone, I'm doing something that's instantaneous and I move on, I move on, I move right. on. Uh, so it's no great surprise that it's very hard to say, uh, or, or a little hard on yourself to say, but when it comes to prayer, all of a sudden I'm going to exercise this profound mental discipline to never wander. I mean, I don't know that that's even possible in our culture. So. Right. I agree. Um, all right. Let me ask you this question. Um, so we've been talking about praying the scriptures. What do you think about prayer books? for people where you're actually reading other people's written prayers. So I know there are some who are like, that's not authentic prayer because it's not your words. So I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, scripture is not my words, but that's all, that's that's the most authentic prayer. So that my first thought is, um, if I'm reading the words of other members of the body of Christ down through the ages, um, I'm enriching and enhancing my prayer life. Mm. And my guess is, not my guess, it's my experience, because I love a lot of written prayers. I, I mean, I get the feeling that it's sort of impromptu equals genuine, but I don't know that that's fair. Mm. Um, I've, it's, uh, it's cliche to say it, but you don't impromptu when you take something seriously. You, when you go to a job interview, you think about what you're going to say. Right. So you plan ahead for things like that. It's a little cliche. We've used that example many times, probably, but it's no less true. When you go to something that you take seriously, that you value, that you want to do well at, you plan. So planning your words to God should be the ultimate expression of that. Um, And and when I read, I just it's funny because I was sharing with this with you that uh, um, I got a, a Bible, a prayer Bible which just sounds kind of like a repetition, but you know, so, but a Bible that has prayers inserted in it uh, through from over 400 saints down through the ages that prayed specific prayers about specific texts of scripture. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're and you and I are doing that, uh, like we're both doing that devotional thing, the, the offices, you know, which is a traditional uh, sort of structuring your, your devotional time around uh, sort of a, a, a liturgy um, that includes uh, prayers as well as confessions. I mean, I've, I've had confessions and creeds. Those are pre-written and thought out understandings of what I believe. And having pre-written and thought out words to pray, I think, I mean, I read these prayers from these saints and I think, that's beautiful. I never thought of it that way. Thank you, Lord, that I can read that prayer because I would never have considered that. Um, just tapping into the vast resources of the saints down through the ages just seems like it's a no brainer. Of course I want to do that. Not every prayer is great, but a lot of them are. <laughs> well, and and these old prayers um that we receive aren't the first draft of the prayer. No. Like that's, this that's has been published. Point. Yeah. Right? Which means this was prayed and I'm sure part of it was kind of spontaneous, but then it was written. Right. And most likely because when people write, they edit this word was changed mm-hmm. and these two ideas were removed so that it would flow better. And like, right. So he, that, that writer prayed it probably many times, many times. Right. Right. And, his, and perfected his people it. around him or her. Um, if it's a pastor their congregation might've prayed that prayer. Yep. Yeah. So the idea that a spontaneous prayer is inherently better 
yeah than one that's been meditated over one that's been um passed down from generation to generation mm-hmm. that's that is more in line with our infatuation our infatuation with innovation mm-hmm. than it is actually like a spiritual development right <laughs> we love the new and yes. we love the immediate and the spontaneous and we and, and we hear people pray and we're like oh how spiritual that person is because they had the spontaneous prayer but let me let you i'm gonna let you in in a dirty secret our prayers and worship are most likely not spontaneous sometimes our prayers are written yeah sometimes our prayers have been planned out yeah like i'll um one one of the things that i will do is i'll look at the order of worship and i'll know what are some of the things i want to pray during this worship service Mm -hmm. and then like some of the exact word choice might be in the moment Mm -hmm. but i know what i'm praying and where i'm going and my best prayers are when they are more planned out not more spontaneous we do i do i mean i've shared this with you in new pulse we change we change the order of service and I built in a traditional uh, time of confession early on. And I have a written prayer that we put up on the screen so that we read corporately. So I, there's no secret. Like, it's written. Yeah. And we're reading it. And just for the congregants in New Pulse, for anyone who's wondering, I'm normally not coming up with those on my own. Sometimes I do. Yeah. But when I do, it's not spontaneous. I'm thinking about what I want to pray. and how to, But oftentimes I'm using other resources. Yeah. So it's a combination. I'm not just coming up with them on my own all the time by any means. It's it's probably a mixture. But but uh, I think it's it's... It's part of who we are as a church to to re, you know to, to to lean into those resources, but Absolutely. scripture primarily, I think scripture primarily. I agree. Course, so, so. Uh, scripture primarily, yeah. and then after that, I would recommend um, some prayer books. and 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 I want to actually just put a couple out there that I think are helpful for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, just the Book of Common Prayer. Um, yeah, Book of this Common Prayer. This is a uh, this is a helpful. It's an Episcopalian Anglican mm-hmm. book. Um, but it's a, I think a beautiful prayer book. I encourage people to, uh, to check that out. Um, there's another one though. I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, well, well, the one that we're using, you know, I, I picked this up, you won it, you stole it from me during a white elephant gift thing, but and it was quite um, enjoyable. yeah, it was awful for me, but <laughs> I bought it cause it looks so cool. It's called be thou my vision. It's a, uh, it's called a, a daily liturgy for personal worship. It's written by Jonathan Gibson. Um, it's beautiful beautifully done. And so, um, be thou my vision is a book that you can, uh, find there. Um, I think also there's this, this trilogy of books that I really, um, I have not picked up yet, but I'm very much looking forward to, because I think that, um, honestly, these are prayers through the ages that I, I think are, it's important to pray things that aren't locked into our context. Absolutely. Because sometimes yeah. our context can blind us from some of the things we need to pray about, right? And you've mm-hmm. talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a trilogy of books. I'm looking for it right now online. I'm struggling to find it. Um, so maybe I shouldn't even talked about this because now I'm, I'm... So let me let me throw one yeah. out there too. I, I think, um, um, and I know Pastor Ken has picked this up recently and he's a big fan of it as well. Uh, Donald Whitney, I mentioned him before. He he's, does a lot of spiritual discipline stuff. Um, he wrote a little book called Praying the Bible. So if you're intrigued by the idea of praying the Psalms, but you think, well, what do I do with that? How does that work? A simple way to do it is to simply sit with the Psalm and read it and pray, which I think is, um, that is the nature of, of what prayer is. Prayer is 
is we talked about a communication with God, but sometimes it's described as a conversation, which I don't know, maybe that's not the best definition, but if God's word is living and active and I read that living and active word and then think deeply on it and then find myself asking God for help and understanding it or applying it, I'm praying back to God. So it's sort of like this conversation and that's how you would pray the Psalms. But this little book, it's it's about 128 pages, a super, super, I know that may sound long for some, it's not that long and it's really, really easy, easy, easy to read, um, is a great little instruction. And it's simply called Praying the Bible by a man named Donald Whitney, uh, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Great little resource, easy read. Um, and I can tell you from my own experience, I have done this and then I find myself not doing it and then I start to do it again and ask the question that we were talking about before. Why Why did I stop doing this? Well, because I get distracted and we're sinful and prayer is always hard to do because we're, because, you know, the, the fact of the matter is prayer is this gift that is communing with God, but we're sinful and the, our sinful nature precludes us from this. I, I, I make this point a lot. When you read in Revelation, particularly in the throne room, you, you see uh, the seraphim and the, uh, what are they doing for all eternity declaring the holiness of God? And they do it without ever complaining. And my contention is that's because they find perfect, absolute, eternal fulfillment in what God has created them to do. And there's no sin contending for that, which turns to the self, which we do all the time. I got an hour, an hour and a half in me on a Sunday and then I'm moving on. I got things to do. I, right. need, I need me time. Um, but you're contending with sin, which is why prayer is hard. Yes. Right? Yes, so. absolutely. And, and it's, why, it's why using a prayer book for me is, has been helpful because it, it breaks down my own natural um, barriers to prayer, mm. you know, because I am contending. Everyone is contending with sin as we go into prayer. And a prayer book can sometimes, the right phrase in a prayer book can really just it breaks right through my defenses where I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, well, now it's time to confess. Um, so two other, uh, a couple other resources. One is called Valley of Vision, um, which is a oh, collection yeah, of Puritan prayers um, that I've, I've used before. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so I, I recommend that. Um, and then two others that I think are great. Um, one is called Fount of Heaven, mm. uh, Prayers of the Early Church. And so these are ancient church writers who are sharing, you know, they've, their prayers have gone down through the generations. And so you can pick that one up and it is just a prayer book. You read them mm -hmm. and it's, it's an ability to use someone else's prayers mm -hmm. as your own. And, and then it will help you launch into your own. Mm -hmm. And then, um, there's another that pairs with it. It's called Fount of Heaven. Um, no, I did Fount of Heaven. It's called Piercing Heaven, Prayers of the Puritans. And there's a third one I can't find anywhere. It's a Reformation prayers. Um, but that series of books um, is one that I'm, I hopefully will be picking up and going through soon mm -hmm. um, because it's, again, just more, more prayer resources for people who struggle. Yeah. It's okay to use somebody else's. Please use somebody yeah, else's. Absolutely. It's better to use somebody else's than to not pray at all. Exactly. Um, one last thing we haven't mentioned yet, which is sort of odd for you and I, uh, uh, the larger and shorter catechisms explanation of the Lord's prayer. Um, so you want to learn how to pray. You, you go to the question that the disciples asked. And I mentioned that at the beginning and then, you know, teach us to pray. And he, and he teaches that. And of course we have that. And that historically that has been one of two things. It's either been seen as that, which we just pray on its own. And we do that in service sometimes. 
uh, and the church has done that down through the ages. Just down through the ages, they just reiterate the prayer, um, but they also see it as a template for prayer, right? Through the various petitions in the Lord's Prayer, and the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism unpacks that a little bit in the larger, in more detail. Um, and so it gives you a good theology and sort of the broader application of the Lord's Prayer in the same way that the Lord more broadly applies the law to the heart when he does the Sermon on the Mount. So the same kind of idea. Uh, so um, a wonderful and very useful uh, set of resources that's easily accessible, larger and shorter catechism on the Lord's Prayer Great, great tool. Great tool. You can find those on our uh, denominational website, epc.org. You can find, uh, we'll also make sure it's in the show notes as well, so you can yeah. click right into Perfect. it. So um, hopefully this is encouraging to know that you're not alone in your struggles with prayer. Hopefully also there's some help, helpful tips here mm -hmm. on how to actually begin your journey in prayer. And uh, I know we're heading into February and all that stuff, but I, I really hope that this is a year of prayer. Um, for you, for your family, for our church. Our church needs to really take this seriously. And, Amen. Um, you know, it, God will respond. That's Amen. a promise in the scriptures. He responds to our prayers. He hears us. He draws near to our prayers. It's how God has ordained sometimes even to to bring things about is through the prayers of his people. So uh, I encourage you to take that seriously during this season. That's all for now. We'll see you again next week right back here at Goodwill Talk. This has been Season 14, Episode 2. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci and Jeff DiMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.